Welcome to the Orange Socks Podcast, where we are inspiring life despite a diagnosis. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Nebaker. In this episode, I speak with Caitlin about her son, Mason, who is 20 months old. Mason is medically complex because of a deletion of two separate chromosomes, making him unique in the world. He has a congenital heart defect, congestive heart failure, microcephaly, optic nerve hyperplasia, bilateral, auditory neuropathy, developmental delay, epilepsy, and many others. Yet he is the light of his parents' life. I know you're going to enjoy hearing this story. Caitlin, thank you so very much for taking the time to talk about your son Mason with me today. I'm honored that you would take that time. Why don't you tell me a little bit about Mason, who's now 20 months old. Mason was the light of our life. We were told we would have a great pregnancy and it would be followed with a normal delivery, a normal child, but since then it hasn't. He's gone through many, many difficulties with many different diagnoses, but nothing has held him back from being the happiest child and the love that he has surrounded by and just the positivity that he puts in everybody's life. Amazing to watch, especially with his older brother. My goodness, just watching them together is unreal and I'm so blessed to be witness to that and be their mom. That's super. What kind of diagnoses does he have? He's got a whole bunch of them. I'm looking at a little bit of your information and gee whiz, he's got a lot of stuff going on. Yes, he does. His main diagnosis are somewhat of a diagnosis, his genetic disorders. So he has a deletion on two separate chromosomes, the long arm of his sixth chromosome and the long arm of his 11th chromosome. And they don't really know much about it. We were told that about 85 cases are known in the world with just the sixth deletion and there is nothing on his 11th deletion. So they basically just told us the different anomalies that are included, which are heart defects, which he has. He has congestive heart failure and congenital heart disease, which was repaired. So he had a large VSD and ASD, which are holes between the chambers of his heart, which he was able to get repaired, and he has been thriving since. And they also said that a lot of facial anomalies come with it, too, which they call dysmorphic features, which that was very hard to hear from doctors. That was basically the first thing we heard out of their mouth after he was born, because I didn't get to see him. They just said he's basically missing his right finger and he has dysmorphic features. And just being told that, like dysmorphic, it just sounds like such an ugly word. So it was just heartbreaking to hear. And he also has optic nerve hypoplasia, so both of the nerves in his eyes were not fully formed. He has hearing problems, which we aren't too sure yet. We still have yet to have a hearing test. We know he can hear some, but to the extent we still don't know. He has global developmental delay. So even though he's 20 months old, he's about at a three months old level. We're still working on head control. And once we can get that, like all the equipment that will be available to him will really change his world. And I cannot wait for that. He has localization-related epilepsy, 
So he doesn't quite have full-blown seizures right now, but his EEGs did show focal slowing. He's had brain hemorrhages and brain cysts, so there's a lot going on with him, and he's completely tube-fed, but we're looking forward to tomorrow. He has a swallow study, so hopefully he can start drinking by bottle again or taking purees. But even if he can't, we're excited because we're starting a blended diet for him. So he'll be getting actual human food through his tube, which I know he'll thrive even more on. So we just learned to look forward to the small things and just get excited over everything. So there's definitely more blessings than negatives here. That's awesome. So over the last 20 months, what's been the hardest things for you and your husband to deal with? Well, me and my husband have not been able to sleep in the same bed since he's been born. So when we got out of the NICU, they basically said because he's in heart failure, like these are the signs that you need to watch for so that he's stable at home. And if any of these arise, you take him immediately to the ER. I couldn't even fathom sleeping in bed, like thinking I was going to sleep too good to miss something. So I slept on the couch with him and he was in his bassinet. So his head was no longer like than a foot from me. So he's close. And even with him being so close, I've woken up to him not breathing so many times. And even though he's had his heart repaired, like waking up to your child, like not breathing, it's so scary. So I still sleep on the couch with his head like right near me. So if anything arises, like I'm right there. And I haven't slept in the bed in two years. So I just feel like, oh, if I sleep in bed, I'm gonna sleep so good. And what if I don't hear him? Like, it's not fair to him. So that's like our biggest struggle is just finding our new normal and understanding like why I'm doing this or what's best for Mason. And that's pretty much the biggest struggle. And just different people really understanding that, no, we can't go out and do certain things because if he has a surgery coming up, we need to keep him healthy. I mean, this is why he hasn't had a hearing test in two years because they keep having to get rescheduled because he's to the point now where he has to be under anesthesia for it. And he's been under general anesthesia so many times that they don't want to intubate him unless it's absolutely necessary. And just the fact that we can't just find a normal babysitter for him, like things can change with Mason in a blink of an eye. He can go from happy in a matter of seconds, he starts aspirating. Like we've had to call 911 and it's so scary because we've dealt with it so we know what to expect, but I couldn't even imagine putting someone else in that situation. If that happened, it wouldn't be fair. And I don't expect them to understand because really, like, before I had Mason, I didn't understand anything of the special needs world. And being in it now, it's opened my eyes to so much. So those are most of our main struggles and equipment as well. Not having a diagnosis for Mason, even though he has what they call a quote-unquote genetic disorder, there's no specific disorder for him. So all the insurance companies only request the equipment. They don't know if he'll thrive from it because they don't know what to expect in his future. It's a full-time job between calling insurances and making sure my son is getting what he needs. That's another struggle. But really, like all the positive really outweighs all the negative. Why don't you tell me the joys that he's brought into your life and to the life of your 
husband, your other child, you have a five-year-old. Tell me a little bit about the joys he's brought into your immediate family. I've never seen his older brother so loving and so happy like he is until Mason came into his life. And we always joke and say like he's the babysitter of the group. He can be in a room full of kids and before he has fun, he needs to make sure everybody's okay. And if anybody asks about his brother, he has to be right there to be like, my brother's fine. Or these are glasses to help my brother see. Like, he's like his own advocate. It's just so beautiful to watch. And all of the kids at my son's school that just surround him and ask questions. And Matthew's just so loving. Like, this is my brother. Like, he's just so proud of him. And he notices no differences. He always holds Mason's hand, the one with his finger missing. And he's not asked one question. He just kisses it, holds it, and just tells everybody this is my brother me and greg like we've just learned our new normal and just learned to embrace every milestone like he's very delayed so anything that comes up we celebrate and it's exciting because every single day of his life is celebrated and just the love that Mace has brought to our family and to our extended family and people we don't know the kindness in the world that we've seen from this is just it's amazing. We have my son's schools wanting to do like fundraisers to help us give back to the hospital that has helped Mace. And we get to throw these huge Christmas parties at hospitals and everybody is just so kind with their donations and wanting to help. And it's so great to watch. And it's emotionally overwhelming with the kindness because at all the negatives that we were told, there's so much more positive and He's just the light of our life. He's so happy all the time and with everything he's been through and the fact that he's still able to smile and laugh every day, like really just shows us that we can be just as strong as him in this journey as well. That's super. What has his impact been on your extended family? My family is so supportive. When we had Mason and I wasn't able to see him, we didn't know what was going on other than he was just rushed away. I had to call my mom and tell her, like, I had him, but we don't know what's wrong. Like, can you come here right now? Like, I need some emotional support. Like, they all came. They're all so supportive. And the same thing with his family. There's some family that's still, like, not understanding. Or they just think, like, oh, well, once he hits his milestones, like, he'll be completely normal. Like, we embrace that he's different. We love everything about it. And, you know, they're starting to as well. And we don't expect them to understand everything as fully as we do. Because there's sometimes I look back on how did I get through all of this with such little knowledge compared to what we know now about his diagnosis. So I don't expect them or if somebody like I don't want to say, like, lets us down. We're not very understanding, and it surprises us. Like, we just have to remind ourselves, like, they don't understand, and it's not their fault. But for the most part, like, our families have just been an absolute blessing, and my mom is pretty much the only one that can really help me watch Mason other than his dad. So she's in a godsend as well. If I were to come to you, just having found out, basically with a child that I just had, just born, that has complex issues. And that's what I would classify as Mason, having lots of complex issues going on, lots of different diagnoses. What advice would you give me? You are your child's voice. So do not be afraid to advocate or question things or 
really don't be afraid to ask questions. If you are able to find a family or support group, I would say get on that right away because there's no worse feeling than feeling alone when you know that there's more people going through this. I've never once had a family like turn me away from asking questions and I love questions. I love being able to educate people on my son. So do not be afraid to ask questions and to reach out and really enjoy every single moment with them. There's so many times where I look back and I'm like, oh, it's such a stress case during his first couple months of life when I wish I could have just took a deep breath, embraced what was happening, and just really enjoyed that time. So the days are going to pass. So really just enjoy every moment that you have with them and celebrate their life and give them the most love that they can ask for. What's your greatest fear? with Mason? Well, he is on his 11th chromosome, one of the deletions. There's a whole gene deletion called the SDHD gene, and it gives him a much increased chance of hereditary cancer. It runs in my family, and I mean, cancer's so relevant now, so it scares me that he's going to have to go through that as well or we still have so many specialists that we've yet to see. And I just don't want him to have to go through anything else that he's already been through, but I know we can get through it, especially him. He's such a fighter. I just need him here with me forever. <laughs> That's my biggest fear. You've gone through a lot. You have a child with complex medical needs, and it sounds like he's a one of a kind. And is isn't anybody else out there uh, quite like him. Lots of medical stuff. You haven't slept in the same bed with your husband now for almost two years. You have him right by your side. All the sacrifices, all the work, is it worth it? Uh, I don't even view them as sacrifice. You know, we get a lot of parents that come up to us and they tell us, oh man, if we were in your situation, there's no way we could do it. And, you know, you just have to look at them and be like, yeah, you can. Like, that's your child. Like, you will do everything for them. And it's not even really a sacrifice. Like, my mom always told me, like, you live your life. And then when you decide to have kids, now it's their turn. So I would sacrifice my whole life to make sure that they have their best life. So it's so worth it. Like, I can't imagine my life without him or where we would be in this life without him. He's our light. He's everything to us, and he's everything to everybody that surrounds him, too. It's incredible to watch the people that come into contact with him. Oh, that's super. Well, any last thoughts that you'd like to share with the world? Be kind to everybody. I mean, the first time I even heard this, doctors say that he had dysmorphic features. The first thought that came to mind was, the world is so mean, like, I just need to think of ways to protect him now. And I feel like a mom shouldn't have to worry about that. So just be kind to everybody and be accepting and teach your kids about the differences and just spread love. Just spread love. Thanks for listening to this episode. Orange Socks is an initiative of Rise Incorporated, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting and advocating for people with disabilities. Follow Orange Socks on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, orangesocks.org, for more stories and to find national and local resources to help parents of children with disabilities.